Well, good morning and welcome to the next exciting part of our look at Nehemiah. I say exciting, the previous ones have been quite exciting, but who knows what you're going to get this morning. And this morning we're looking at chapter 6. And the time I've got available, which as you know on these videos is not that long, I'm just going to look at three simple points. So let's get started. If you look at chapter 6, in the first five verses, we're told that Nehemiah received a request from Sanballat and Geshem five times to come for a chat. If you remember from before, Sanballat and Geshem, they're the, the couple of guys who didn't really like Nehemiah. And more importantly, didn't like what he was doing, which was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. So he receives these requests, but somehow he works out that this is a trap. Either by good counsel or by divine intervention, he knew not to be distracted from the job he was doing and not to leave uh, Jerusalem and go and have this meeting with, with these guys. And as I reflected on that, I, I asked myself the question, how easy do I find it? How easy do you find it not to be distracted when you're doing God's work? I mean, dear me, I find it difficult sometimes not to be distracted when I'm just reading the Bible or spending time alone with God in a, in a quiet, quiet place. So I, I put systems and structures in place to help me not be distracted. What about you? How easy do you find it not to be distracted when you're doing something for God? Or do we allow everything and anything to divert us? Let me encourage you to practice hearing from God, hearing God's counsel. Nehemiah, either because he heard from God direct or through good advice, knew not to be distracted. You know, I was at a church once uh, where I was hosting a discussion on hearing from God. And this woman said to me, but I don't expect to hear from God. God's too busy. His job is to run the whole universe. Why should I expect him to communicate with me? I want to encourage you to understand that that is not the God that I worship and hopefully not the God that you worship. The God of the universe is also the Abba Father God who has time for each of us. And I want to encourage you to spend time tuning in to God's presence so that you can hear from God and get good counsel from God. Somebody said to me that, that, that God is constantly trying to communicate with us, but we often don't tune in. And it's like having Radio 1 or Radio 2 or maybe Radio 4. Uh, the, the, the actual you know, waves are flowing through your room, this room, this hall right now. Unless we tune in, we don't hear it. And with God, it can be similar. So, so get good counsel and, and take steps so that over time you get to hear and, and know God's voice to stop you making bad decisions and to stop you getting diverted from doing God's work. So we read on and, and with verses 5 to 9, we find out that Sanballat sent Nehemiah an unsealed letter. Now an unsealed letter in these days, it's very much to like a, an open letter that somebody writes in the newspaper these days, if anybody remembers newspapers. 
And what happens is it's a letter to somebody in particular, but that person wants everybody else to know about it. So Sanballat's servant, who was taking this unsealed letter, his aim was to try and tell everybody and anybody he met the contents of this letter before it got to Nehemiah. And he was trying to produce fear in the people and trying to produce an uprising against Nehemiah. Because this letter said that Nehemiah was going to have a revolt against the king and make himself king. Now, the king at that time was the Persian king, King Artaxerxes. And if King Artaxerxes had believed the accounts of this letter, he would categorically have killed Nehemiah. He would not have stood for an uprising in some distant part of the empire in Jerusalem. Nehemiah's days would have been very shortly numbered. So Sanballat knew what he was doing. He was trying to cause massive trouble for Nehemiah. Thankfully, the king doesn't seem to be stupid. Nehemiah sent out a public reply to deny these rumours. And the good news is, as you can probably guess, the king didn't kill him. But as I was thinking about that, the, the words from, from 1 Peter chapter 4 came to my mind straight away. And Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 4, Don't be surprised at the painful trials you are suffering, as though something strange was happening to you. He's basically saying, hey, if you're a Christian and you're doing God's work, expect to have trouble. Expect to have trials. Expect to suffer. And he concludes that chapter of, of chapter 4. He says, what should we do? We should commit ourselves to our faithful God and continue to do good. So Peter says, listen, you know, you're going to have trouble. What do you, what's the response to this? Remain close to God and carry on doing good. You know, last week, as a very minor example of this, when myself and Steve were going to record the, the, the video for the, the, the deeper uh, video. We were doing it via Zoom and he were, we were all linked up. We went to start and my Zoom connection cut out. Never cut out before, never cut out since, but just when we were going to record this video for everybody, which hopefully you looked at last week, we lost internet connection. We had a whole lot of hassle, got it back and we said to each other, what should more should we expect? We're doing God's work, expect opposition. You know, it surprises me that some Christians get surprised when they get persecuted. I think, wow, why don't you expect that? Let me be clear, if you are doing God's stuff, then the devil, or his demons, or just the sinful nature in others, won't like it. They won't be happy. And therefore, we should get some form of persecution. In fact, if you're sitting there just now, and you're thinking, no, nope, not me. My life is wonderful. Everything's great. And I don't get any hassle ever for being a Christian. I would actually want to encourage you to consider, are you following God's plan for your life? Because 
The gospel irritates people. The good news of God can cause other people to be frustrated. And people want to get in the way of the extension of the gospel. And if we are doing nothing to expand the gospel, if we're not raising our head above the parapet in any way, you may not get any persecution. But if we are trying to expand God's kingdom, if we're trying to bring God's rule into our part of our lives and where we live or our work or our society in Southport, we should expect opposition. And what do we do? We stay close to God and we carry on. That's what the advice is. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we should expect to be miserable. I'm not saying we should expect that our life should be an absolute pain in the neck. I am saying, hopefully, we are doing enough for God that the dark side takes notice of us. But, you know, it's not always our enemies like Sanballat and Gashem, or Geshem that cause us some problems. Sometimes it's false friends, as I call them, that give us bad advice. In verses 10 to 14, read about Nehemiah going to the house of Shemaiah. Now the experts and theologians think that Shemaiah was probably a priest, a Jew living in Jerusalem and a priest. And he says to him, people are coming to kill you. Let's hide in the temple. And at face value, that seems quite good advice. It seems like a person caring for Nehemiah and wanting to protect him. But Nehemiah sees something else. And it says, Nehemiah says, I realised that God had not sent him. Once again, going back to my first point, Nehemiah was tuned into God. And he realised that God had not sent him. How did he realise that? Well, we don't know exactly. A couple of choices I would suggest. One is he knew, he knew his Bible. Numbers 18 verse 7 tells us that only priests are allowed in this part of the, of the temple. So he knew that it wasn't the right place for him to go. Or secondly, maybe he heard from God and God said, don't trust this guy. Either way, he ignored a fellow Jew. He ignored a priest. He ignored somebody living in Jerusalem, right in his midst. He ignored them because God had shown him it wasn't the right thing to do. <clears throat> For us today, that's the tough challenge. At a superficial level, let me say this. Don't trust what I say because I'm a priest. Don't trust what Simon or Steve said just because they're priests. Simon has one now. Yeah? You know, you have to double check it with the Bible. It's what we're saying lined up with what the Bible says. It's what we're saying lined up with what you're hearing from God. And let me be clear that God will never tell you something that contradicts his written word, his living word. Don't come and tell me that you believe that God wants you to have a triple affair. It will never happen. It will never happen. It goes against his written word. But be aware that you will have Christian friends who have just not caught your vision. Our vision. What's our vision? Christ Church at the heart of Southport with a heart for Southport. You know, I believe that Southport needs us to be Christ incarnate. To be love 
to be joy, to be peace. But you and the friends, you haven't caught that vision. And they will steer you away because of their discomfort, because of their own desires, their own fears, and their own motivations. And what we need to do is know God's calling, hear from God, and ignore false friends in that situation. I'll tell you what was amazing in this story. <clears throat> in verse 10 it says this. It says that Shemaiah was in lockdown at his home. It says that Shemaiah was shut in at his home. Now, in the previous probably 2019 years of reading that verse, that verse would have meant nothing to most people. But in 2020, we now go, was COVID-19 in Jerusalem at that point in time? Why was he in lockdown? Why was he shut in to his home? The Bible doesn't say why he was shut into his home. But I tell you what, it made that verse jump out and smack me in the face. What's going on here? You know, this guy was shut in in his home. Now, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but sometimes during lockdown when I've been shut in in my home, you know, your mind can start doing crazy things and you start imagining things and thinking things and fear can take hold of you. I was always taught that fear is false evidence appearing real. And I want to encourage you not to be consumed by fear over COVID, but also, more importantly, not to be consumed by fear over God's vision. You know, Shemaiah may have thought he was doing a good thing, but he wasn't. Let me implore you this morning to A, not be a Shemaiah, and B, not to be taken in by one. So, in summary, really, I just want to encourage you to stay focused on the vision God has given us as a church and you as individuals. Do you know the parts of the vision? Do you know your part in the vision? Do you believe it? Have you got on board? Or are you someone that Nehemiah had to deal with? Are you hassle as opposed to solution? You know, I believe that a community working together to achieve a God-given vision can and will do extraordinary things. Let's commit to doing it together. Even without the Renaissance. Amen.